Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hello, everyone. Josh Norris here with the first round of playoffs edition of the Roto World Football Podcast. You just can't get rid of us, Internet. Um, obviously, we thank you for still subscribing and for rating and reviewing the podcast. It really helps us out. And stick with us because after the playoffs, um, I'll be doing some draft-specific stuff uh, with some of the guys on staff, some people off staff, and especially Evan Silva later on the process with mock drafts, stuff like that. I know you guys loved yeah. it last year, so we'll get onto that. And now, as you know, Evan is on the line to talk about this weekend's games. Um, but first, Evan, after we skipped it last week, and I skipped it the two weeks before that, um, people were angry that we did not give compliments out. This, again, I'm telling you, it's, it's like a prized commodity in fantasy circles, Evan. So we've got two this week. The first Great. one... First one so we're is, bringing it back. We're bringing, bringing it, it back. back. We have to give give the people what they want. Omaha okay. Chiefs guy. These guys do a God job. He didn't say good job. He said a God job, Evan. Covering bases. I listen to this every week. Hopefully he doesn't mean this is a baseball podcast because covering the base. Anyways, uh, what about Omaha Chiefs guy, Evan? What do you think about him? Um, he has shown an ability to overcome – major deficiencies you know just uh has a lot of flaws very flawed but he, evan, he's able to <laughs> these are compliments evan i know i'm i'm starting to get a little punch drunk with these comments these compliments <laughs> he, he's a terrible person but actually he's a hard worker <laughs> come on you have to say something positive just, about him he has been able to overcome a lot of deficiencies. Uh, <laughs> Should I ask what his deficiencies are? No, no, we don't have to get, you know, into specifics. He just, so, okay. You know, he, can, he, can I, he's behind, he's behind, but he's able to like stay competitive. So uh, he, he's like the Jamison Crowder other... of commenters. Whereas, cause sure. Jamison Crowder had horrible spark scores he was a leap of faith sure sure I took. although jameson kraut didn't he have a good pro day though yeah but you know you know what i mean i'm trying to actually give a guy a compliment here evan oh okay. so so maybe so, someone like that right like horrible testing like if alex collins was actually good it'd be this guy okay anyways last one is barbecue den my weekly go-to podcast for setting my dfs lineups Silva's insight is spot on. Uh, I'd argue with that. Uh, listen and watch your bankroll grow. Um, Evan, you have a fan. What about Barbecue Den? Um, yeah, first, this yeah, go ahead. this guy just he knows he knows a lot. You, you know he he's the guy. He he's street smart and he's book smart. Got it. Uh, he's the guy that you go to when you need to ask somebody for advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the guy who you know you want to run into this guy when you're you know lost in a city. 
and you want to ask him where to go because he knows the best places. Got it. Uh, he dresses nicely. Okay. You know, he's really wow. good looking. They haven't, don't um, use them all up in one place right now. He's got a strong handshake. I mean, he just okay. – so, he's, so he, he's a great, great guy. You mentioned, he's a great guy. You mentioned Street Smart. Did you ever watch that show on UPN back in the day, the game show Street Smart? No. Was I the only one? No, I didn't watch that. Okay. I had this little, like, mini black and white TV that I won from selling wrapping paper, and I would stay up and watch Street Smart <laughs> – as well as Blind Date and Eliminate. So, oh, I loved uh, Blind Date and Eliminate. Yep, yep. Yeah. Always look forward to the hot tub scenes. All right, Evan, let's go to the first playoff game. I'd rather watch Blind Date and Eliminate than this one, honestly. Um, it's Oakland Raiders at yeah. the Houston Texans. Let me just rattle off some numbers for you. Um, this is a 37 over-under at the moment. Um, the home team expected to score 20 points. The away and the Raiders... At 17, obviously this game is Saturday at 4.30 Eastern. I guess you have to start with the quarterbacks, right? Um, I mean, do you expect anything from anyone, and if so, who? Yeah, I think that Lamar Miller can have a good game. Okay. And I think that he will be a guy that, you know, if you're playing NFL playoff daily fantasy, people will shy away from. I think he's still got the Q tag on the – the, the daily fantasy websites, which will always lower a, a guy's ownership. And I think he's the second best running back play on the board this week behind Le'Veon Bell. He also correlates well with the Raiders. I'm sorry, the Texans defense, mm-hmm. uh, which is getting back to Le'Veon Clowney this week uh, and maybe facing the Raiders without left tackle Donald Penn. He has not been able to participate in practice this week, suffered a concerning knee injury last week. Maybe he'll play. Maybe he won't. Maybe if he plays, he won't be effective, and Whitney Merciless will just eat him up. Uh, So I like the Texans' defense, and I like Lamar Miller a lot. I also like, if you play on FanDuel, Nick Novak as a kicker, Mm -hmm. get to use him indoors. Uh, You know, Don't anticipate a ton of scoring from – uh, the, the Texans, but I think that Nick Novak, I mean, the, the Raiders are a bad team right now. Yeah. I mean, they, they did it's not, not like have, they can rely on a defense now. Any, or any right. Way. Right. I mean, they, they never had a good defense. I mean, I would say that at best, you know, their defense was like middle of the road. Um, and I mean, there were, there were points during the season where it was much worse than that. So the, the, you know, it's not a game where the Texans should fall behind. Lamar Miller should get fed. There's some risk because of the injury. Absolutely. But I think that this was the Texans plan all along, hold them out of the final two games. They were able to get away with doing that. Uh, and I think he'll be all systems go. I think that we will see 20 carries out of Lamar Miller, barring an in game aggravation. Um, at some point during the season, C.J. Fedorowicz or even at times Ryan Griffin were like heavily, heavily targeted because that's kind of the only area Brock Osweiler would throw to. Um, do you think that they specifically are specifically in, in these teams week 11 game against the Raiders? Yep. Brock Osweiler was starting that game, of course. Uh, C.J. Fedorowicz had 10 targets in that game. I mean, he was he was open the entire game. Uh, the, the Raiders struggled in tight end defense. You know, they gave up a monster game to Travis Kelsey last week. The Broncos tight ends came alive against them. Um, so, you know, the, it, it's a good matchup for C.J. Fedorowicz. The, the concern is that I really think that the Texans want to keep the ball out of Brock Osweiler's hands 
as much as possible. It's not going to be a game like last week where Brock Osweiler enters and he's you know throwing the ball in, in catch up mode. Yeah. Um, so I, I wonder had you know it's Fedorowicz is a solid play, not a bad play. Well, I think but, but that Will solid Fuller play, is but solid plays this yeah. week, Evan at tight end is is hard to come by. No, I mean I I agree with that. He he's like a top three or four guy. Yeah. Um, you know it's it, it's him. It's Jimmy Graham. It is uh, Ladarius Green, who also is coming back from an injury. Right. Uh, and it's Jared Cook and Eric Ebron. Got it. Um, do you have anything else on this game? I think we kind of covered it for this lackluster one. I think that Will Fuller is interesting for. Yeah. I wish the Savage Texans. was playing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Although they weren't letting him throw the ball at all downfield. Right. Um, the, yeah, I mean, the, the issue is the quarterback play. No question. You know, none of these guys on either side are locks, uh, except for, I, th- I think Lamar Miller is close to a lock for at least a solid game. If he doesn't get hurt again during the game. Um, but Will Fuller is the type of receiver that gave, the Raiders problems throughout the year. You know, the, the, the Raiders have big cornerbacks. They gave up a league high 61 pass plays of 20 plus yards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a skill set thing with Will Fuller. You know, he's going to be out there. You know, he, he runs four, three, two. Um, that game again is at four thirty Eastern on Saturday. Uh, the eight twenty game that evening is the Detroit lions at Seattle. Um, 42 and a half over under, Seattle expected to score 25. Detroit expected to score 17 and a half. Uh, where do you want to take it to first in this one, Evan? Uh, I think Russ can have a, a good game um, here. I know he let down a lot of people in some what we thought were good spots on the road late in the year at Tampa, at uh, Green Bay, and people are still shaken up about that. And However – the Seahawks have played consistently good offense at home in home games. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have scored 24 or more points in seven straight home games. Whereas they had four games of 10 points or fewer on the road this year. We talk about, you know, home road splits for Ben all the time for Drew Brees. The Seahawks have been that the Seahawks really have been that for a long time. They have a huge home field advantage Mm -hmm. Um, and offensively, it, it has had a big effect this year. Their defense, of course, has been better at home as well. I just I don't know if the Seahawks running game is going to be able to get anything going right. uh, at this point. And so they're going to have to lean on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is shedding his knee brace uh, this week, it looks like. Uh, and last two weeks, uh, Aaron Rodgers gassed the Lions on uh, scrambles, picked up a bunch of first downs. Um, and then the week before that, uh, Dak Prescott had 35 rushing yards against them. So a uh, lot of reasons to uh, be optimistic, I think, it's, about Russell Wilson. Yeah. The, the, the Lions also have given up 10 touchdown passes over their last three games. Is Doug Baldwin a must-play this weekend? Because we know he uh, plays in the slot quite a bit, and the Lions' slot corners have been absolutely horrendous, right? Yeah, I mean, it's to the point where I don't even know who's going to cover the slot this right. week. Um, they have used Tavon Wilson, uh, the safety, in there sometimes. They use the kid named Adarius Barnes. I don't even know uh, who he is. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it, it's an incredible matchup for Doug Baldwin. Uh, Darius Slay only plays in the slot on 3% of his snaps. So I think Doug Baldwin is absolutely, uh, you know, maybe one of the highest upside receiver plays on the wild card slate. I think that, you know, clearly Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham would be one, two, but I think Doug Baldwin has just as good a case to be number three, right up there with, with Jordy Nelson, uh, ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, you know, ahead of Jarvis Landry. Uh, I think right there with, probably behind Jordy uh, just in terms of sheer upside, but uh, I would probably put him ahead of Devontae Adams. Um, yeah, we know that Lions, you know, the two guys, Matthew Stafford, Golden Tate. In the latter parts of the season, we've seen Zach Zinner play incredibly well, especially with Theo Riddick out. And then Anquan Bolden has had a number of targets in the red zone and the end zone over the last few weeks, right? So are, are Zinner yeah. and Bolden kind of your two two of your favorite plays this week? Bolden is for sure. Okay. I think that Zenner will be really popular in a really bad spot. Okay. And I might try to pivot away from him. Um, although I don't think he's a bad play. I mean, he's he's got incredible workload ceiling. I mean, he played 90% of the snaps last week. The only two snaps he didn't play uh, were when the Lions went empty and he had 24 touches. And I don't think that they're going to change that usage at all. Um, so that makes him appealing just from that standpoint. But, you know, being an eight point road dog in Seattle, I, you know, I, if if there's going to be high ownership on him, I'm going to go for for different guys. I mean, yeah. do you think that Zenner will be more popular than Lamar Miller this week? I think it's possible. I mean, I, I think I, it is, too. Yeah. And I mean, we always talk about like Zach Zenner has played well in his opportunities, right? Um, yes. But is Theoretic going to play in this game? No, he's on injury reserve. He's not okay. I didn't even know if he was on injury reserve. Yeah. That, that shows how much I checked out towards the end of the season. Well, week seventeen. Let's put it that way. Yeah, um, what have you been doing? <laughs> I was at home for a while, man. Um, okay, is is that anything else? Like, is there is there kind of an X factor? I'm, I'm guessing Bolden was kind of that for you in this one. I mean, at least Paul tell me at least tell me that you were doing something cool, like binge watching Peaky Binders. Uh, I no, dude. I don't watch okay. like television, man. It's real bad. Neither, neither do I, but sometimes I have to binge watch. Like Evan, do you know what show. the best show out there is? What? The Great British Bake Off. It's really good. Um, Evan, it's really good. I'm not, and I'm not joking. I tell right. everyone to watch The Great British Bake Off. But um, yeah, I do like Bolden this week. <laughs> uh, he finished third in the NFL in uh, red zone targets on the season. Second in the NFL uh, in red zone receptions. Uh-huh. And he's going to get the fewest routes against Sherm and Sneed. So, uh, yeah, old man Bolden, I, I'm saying he gets eight. I'm saying he gets 10 targets this Woo! week. Nice. 10 targets. Uh, let's move to the, I kind of like Paul Richardson too, Evan. Um, yeah. Like I, I we, we talked about how this is kind of a rust game and, and outside of, well, obviously Jim and Graham and Doug Baldwin, I think Paul Richardson is, is the, is the best opportunity to get, targets in that one um, yep also or, or returns kicks yep. also returns kicks so uh he gets an additional opportunity to touch the football uh the one o'clock game the early game on sunday is the miami dolphins at the pittsburgh steelers um we know the home road splits for ben are yeah big and he does very well at home um they're expected mm-hmm. to score 28 and a half miami 18 and a half as of this recording with the over under being at 47. Let's start on the other side, though, first, Evan. The last time Jay Ajayi faced off against the Pittsburgh Steelers, he ran really, really well. Um, 
Would you expect him to do the same thing after finishing again the season on a high note? I do not think that he will. Um, the running game for Miami has been really up and down. Uh, and I think that this is a down, a down spot for him. Uh, he did catch the Steelers in week six without Ryan Shazier. Um, and he, Ryan Shazier is back and playing well. Uh, the Steelers dealt with, you know, some injuries up front, um, early in the season and they, they had run defense problems. They've been better lately, although the Browns did have a, a big running game against them last week, but the Steelers were resting a bunch of starters, you know, Stefan Tewitt was out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know Javon how much Hargrave, I think got a concussion or a head injury. That's my mm-hmm. boy. So I don't know. You know, I, I would say that the, the Steelers run defense has been up and down, but I lean toward believing that it's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, and the 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 Dolphins running game has just been so inconsistent. I don't know what to expect from it on a week to week basis. I mean, teams have shown that they can that they can stop it. Yeah. Um, the only team in the second half of the season that was unable to stop it was uh, uh, Buffalo, and that was without Kyle Williams. Uh, and, and Buffalo just collapsed on run defense uh, down the stretch. So I don't, you know, it, it's, I think he's interesting. He's got 11 plus touches in 11 straight games. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 11 straight games of 18 plus touches. I'm sorry. Um, but I, you know, I think I like, I like Lamar Miller better than, than Ajayi this week. Um, I'm guessing there is no one else on that Dolphins offense that you want to touch. Uh, Jarvis Landry, if, if the if the Dol- if the Steelers offense shows up like it's capable of showing up, yeah, uh, Jarvis Landry could end up with like nine catches. Yeah, because there was a stretch there where Jarvis Landry like wasn't even getting the targets that he, you know, that we all expect Jarvis Landry to get. Right, he was just averaging yeah. like six, seven, maybe eight. Right, um, but if they fall behind, then he'll get the targets. Right. Um, how about on the Pittsburgh side? I mean, I know. Who there's a lot of guys to like, obviously. Um, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I mean, this Ladarius is where you Green, find all Antonio the best Brown. plays. Right, right. This is where you find all the best plays. Um, you know, I there's a difference between like a really good play and like a really good result at times. But all these guys are the best plays. Ben's the best quarterback play. I think Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver play. It's debatable between him and Odell Beckham, um, but I think that Antonio Brown is the best play. And then Le'Veon Bell is the clear-cut number one running back play. Uh, Ladarius Green, to me, is the number two tight end play behind Jimmy Graham. Uh, and I think he has the highest ceiling in terms of how many yards he could gain against the Dolphins. Dolphins were just ripped up by tight ends uh, late in the season. Vance McDonald had a big game against them. Dennis Pitta had a big game against them. Um, Charles Clay went off against them. Like It, it was every single week almost. Um, and you know, Ladarius Green is a great, great talent. Um, you know, we haven't seen him in a few weeks, so it's scary. But he's got he's got a big ceiling this week. Great, great matchup for him. Um, I was going to ask you this, and this might be a complete tangent. And if your answer is just no, I don't bother with this, then that can be your answer. Um, but at least I know some people who do kind of these uh, postseason drafts. Let's put them right that they'll they'll draft a team and just depending on how long someone plays in the postseason they can use him for that long does that make sense like they have lineups but if someone gets eliminated they're obviously no longer useful um 
Oh yeah. Is there? You mean like playoff season? Season? Yeah, I guess is is the much better and concise way of saying it. Um, Have you ever participated in those? Like, do you have a strategy? Like, would you rather pick someone who is less talented than Odell just because he might uh, play longer in the playoffs? I have played in like two. Uh, so I would not pretend to know okay. what the best strategy is, honestly. Um, but I would, you know, the way that I would approach it, it is I would try to find wild card players that are going to go that I think could go all the way. Yeah. Uh, and that would give me the most upside just because they'll be playing in the first week. Um, and, you know, I think that would give me the best chance to, to finish first. Like I'm not trying to finish in fourth. I'm trying to finish in, in first. So I would just, you know, Try to go for first. <laughs> Let's finish up with the New York Giants uh, at the Green Bay Packers. Um, 44 and a half over under. 24 um, and a quarter points for Green Bay. A little over 20 for the Giants. This is at 430 yep. Eastern on Sunday. Um, take us off, Evan. Pick any name in the hat. Where do you want to go? I think that a sneaky bet for to make a big play or two is Victor Cruz. Um, you know, he, he will not be a guy that is commonly talked about on podcasts like this, but we can rely on him to play 80% of the snaps. Um, I think that we can count on Dom Capers to really try to sell out to stop Odell Beckham, which is exactly what he did when these teams played earlier in the year. Uh, it's exactly what he did when the, the Packers played Julio. Uh, I mean, you know, Dom Capers is very well aware of his cornerback situation right now. They Mm -hmm. have the most depleted secondary in football, and they're going to have two guys in Odell Beckham's vicinity on every single play. That does not mean that Odell Beckham – I mean, Odell Beckham can be double teams. He's a special, special player. But uh, I think that that will open up opportunities for other guys. I'm sure that most people will pivot to Sterling Shepard understood. Victor Cruz has more big playability than Sterling Shepard. Victor Cruz, although he saw 33 fewer targets uh, over the course of the year than Sterling Shepard, he actually made four more plays of 20-plus yards. Uh, They will take shot shot plays to him. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a big part of the game plan, although it wouldn't surprise me if he was a bigger part of the game plan than usual this week. I mean, the matchup is just incredible for all three of these wide receivers. Mm Mm-hmm. The Packers have gotten pasted every single week by uh, opposing wide receivers. Victor Cruz is the cheapest on daily fantasy sites. He will be lower owned than Sterling Shepard, who I think is actually going to end up being super popular, even though he went 13 straight games to finish the season at six at below 65 receiving yards. Um, I, I, I like Victor Cruz as a sleeper. I, Victor Cruz and Anquan Bolden are two guys this week that I think um, are really cheap in, in, in playoff DFS and can exceed their, their cost. Uh, any love for Paul Perkins this week? Uh, a little bit. I, I Not as much, I, I think. It, it seems like people are on him this week. Right. And he had a lot of touches last week, but he's not getting any passing game work, really, and he's not getting any goal line work. I mean, even last week, he definitely outplayed Rashad Jennings, but Rashad Jennings got five red zone carries. Paul Perkins got two, um, and Rashad Jennings got two carries inside the five scored once. I mean, I think that Rashad Jennings is the goal line back. 
uh, in that. And, you know, if Paul Perkins isn't going to rack up a bunch of catches, like mm-hmm. I don't know how he's going to score fantasy points. Maybe he'll run for 80 yards, but that only gets you eight points. Right, right. You know, I need I need a touchdown. I need catches. Like I would much rather play Zach Center this week than Paul Perkins. Uh, Green Bay. Um, obviously, you have Jordy. You have Devontae Adams. And now you have Geronimo Allison. Um, it seems like yep. Randall Cobb might play. I mean, he's like kind of practicing. Who knows, right? Even if he does play, he's bad. And really, Geronimo Allison has outperformed him, right? So um, are you just monitoring yeah. that situation? And if Cobb is out or playing second fiddle to Geronimo Allison, do you like Allison as a play? But obviously, this is the last game of the weekend, so you already pretty much have your lineup set, right? Yeah, I yeah, I suppose. Um, I mean, if Cobb plays, you know, I, I think Allison becomes a threat to like goose egg. Right. But he, you know, I think that a lot of people will think that. So, I mean, there's definitely some game theory, you know, that you can get into. I personally will probably not play Geronimo Allison at all. If Randall Cobb is active, active, you know, that's just a decision that you, you got to make, you know, he becomes a candidate for zero targets. If Randall Cobb's if Randall so, Cobb plays. We, and we've seen, the Giants' corners be really good against really good receivers, right? Yep. yep. Uh, does that give you cause for concern? I mean, it obviously does, but at what level with Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson? Yeah, it's definitely cause for concern. I mean, they have difficult matchups. You know, Jordy had a difficult matchup, though, entering the Vikings game. Yeah. And I think he was the number one overall scoring wide receiver. I mean, they can do things. You know, it's it. the, the offense gets to scheme and play, too. Right. You know, Jordy Nelson moves into the slot against the Vikings. You know, he's getting matched up with uh, Andrew Sandejo and Anthony Barr, Mm -hmm. and he's owning them, (laughs) you know. So um, the the Packers, you know, know that the Giants have good cornerbacks too. I don't think they're just going to leave Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams out, you know, on the boundaries to to get taken away. Um, And uh, the the ability of Aaron Rodgers to make plays – out of structure and just with like communicating as he's outside of the pocket, you know, communicating with his receiver, uh, you know, that's a special ability and they, they can pick up chunk plays off of improvised uh, decision-making. And th- that makes Aaron Rodgers like essentially matchup proof, right. which is why you saw him shredding like the Seahawks, the Titans, I'm sorry, the, the Texans, uh, the, you know, the Vikings, um, I mean, he shredded some of the best pass defenses in football in the second half of the season because he has this special ability to make plays outside of the structure of his own offense. Um, we've probably already covered it, but not just this game, but every game. Uh, who is your favorite play of the weekend? I mean, I think that the easy answer is Le'Veon Bell. Okay. Um, I mean, no... Like identifying the must plays are obviously important. So, yeah, I mean, you know, again, like best plays don't always work out. Last week, I, I thought it was clear that David Johnson was the best play. He got hurt, you know, and people who didn't play him benefited from that. Um, you know, I, I look, we could just go through the position. I think the best quarterback play is Ben. I think that Russell Wilson uh, is a really interesting play as well, though. Um, I think that he will be significantly lower owned than Aaron Rodgers. 
Uh, I think that the best plays at wide receiver are Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham, and I love Doug Baldwin uh, as well. Uh, tight end, you know, I think that Jimmy Graham is the best play. I think Ladarius Green has the highest ceiling in terms of how many yards he could gain. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he could be a 100-yard receiver, you know, he could gain 100, 100 receiving yards, which is something that not many tight ends in the NFL can do right. ever. Um, so I think, and I think that the Texans' defense is the best play. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, cool, man. Thanks so much yeah. for doing this. And I know we're going to chat next week about the second round of the playoffs as well. Awesome, dude. Looking forward to it. And for everyone else out there, thank you so much for listening. And if you would be so kind, you can subscribe. And if you like us even more than that, uh, rate and review. And, you know, we'll get a shout out from the Evan Silva. Until next time, talk to y'all soon.